Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowl and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowl and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at bowlandbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Thank you for joining me around the fireside tonight. My name is Joe, and I'm here to tell you a story. Over the month of December, we have been holding a bedtime advent calendar celebration on our Facebook page. Every day, we have posted either a festive craft, a recipe for food or drink, competitions, and even full-length bonus stories. We have also shared Christmas poems. Poems that you may not have heard before. The old, the obscure, the humorous, the touching, and the downright strange have been featured, and I now proudly present a compilation of all of these in one festive poetry extravaganza. If you miss these, please do join our thriving fireside community on facebook.com slash talesbythefireside. And... If you like this episode, please consider leaving a rating or subscribe to the show. Every interaction truly does mean the world to this channel. Now please, get comfortable, let go of the daylight, and join me for our story. And have a very Merry Christmas. The Story of the Holly Sprig by Arthur Upson I'd be the shiniest green, wished once a sprig of holly, that e'er at Yule was seen, and deck some banquet jolly. I'd be the cheeriest red, wished once the holly berry, that ever at board rich spread helped make the feasters merry. The life within them heard down dark and silent courses, for each wish is a word to those fair hidden sources. All summer in the wood, while they were riper growing, the deep roots understood and helped without their knowing. 
in a little market stall at Yule the sprig lay waiting for fine folk one and all passed by that open grating the eve of Christmas day it had been passed by many when one turned not away and bought it for a penny hers was a home of care which not a wreath made jolly the only Christmas there was that sweet sprig of holly oh this is better far than banquet thought the berry and leaves glowed like a star and made the cottage merry Snowman by Cedric Whitman It's falling still, but still we must Raise something up, a man of snow An image of a man of dust Let his buttons make a row Of portly contemplation, gruff But friendly, let his coal eyes show Come, squeal in boots and laughing muff Sound if the white lawn's deep enough no plan beyond our willful making bend to build from little balls mass and manhood bend forsaking ominous preconceit that calls for blueprint for its falling still and we must risk this that falls comes down perhaps by form and will we have mere improvising skill Give ears, nose, hat, and let him sense his part to grasp it as he can. Give him the shelter of our fence, fair bargain, for love has no plan. Spring will come to melt his knees and sprawl him like a truthful man. But for now, let him stand and freeze upright among the Christmas trees. Hang Up the Baby's Stocking by Emily Huntington Miller Hang up the baby's stocking Be sure you don't forget The dear little dimpled darling She never saw Christmas yet But I've told her all about it And she opened her big blue eyes I'm sure she understood it She looked so funny and wise Dear, what a tiny stocking. It doesn't take much to hold such little pink toes as babies away from the frost and cold. But then, for the baby's Christmas, it will never do at all. Why, Santa wouldn't be looking for anything half so small. I know what we'll do for the baby. I've thought of the very best plan. I'll borrow a stocking from Grandma, the longest that I ever can. And you'll hang it by mine, dear mother, right here in the corner so. And write a letter to Santa and fasten it to the toe. Right, this is the baby stocking that hangs in the corner here. You've never seen her, dear Santa, for she only came this year. 
but she's just the blessedest baby. And now, before you go, just cram her stocking with goodies from the top clean down to the toe. The Sugar Plum Tree by Eugene Field Have you ever heard of the Sugar Plum Tree? Tis a marvel of great renown. It blooms on the shore of the Lollipop Sea in the garden of Shatai Town. The fruit that it bears is so wondrously sweet, as those who have tasted it say, that good little children have only to eat of that fruit to be happy next day. When you've got to the tree, you would have a hard time to capture the fruit which I sing. The tree is so tall that no person could climb to the boughs where the sugar plums swing. But up in that tree sits a chocolate cat and a gingerbread dog prowls below. And this is the way you contrive to get at the sugar plums tempting you so. You say but the word to that gingerbread dog and he barks with such terrible zest that the chocolate cat is at once all agog as her swelling proportions attest. And the chocolate cat goes cavorting around from this leafy limb unto that and the sugar plums tumble, of course, to the ground. Hurrah for the chocolate cat! There are marshmallows, gumdrops and peppermint canes with stripings of scarlet or gold and you carry away of the treasure that reigns as much as your apron can hold. So come, little one, cuddle closer to me in your dainty white nightcap and gown and I'll rock you away to that sugar plum tree in the garden of Shut Eye Town. Christmas Carol by George Wither So now is come our joyful feast. Let every man be jolly. Each room with ivy leaves is dressed, and every post with holly. Though some churls at our mirth repine, round your foreheads garlands twine, drown sorrow in a cup of wine, and let us all be merry. Now all our neighbours' chimneys smoke, and our Christmas blocks are burning. Their ovens they with baked meats choke, and all their spits are turning. Without the door let sorrow lie, and if for cold it hap to die, we'll bury it in a Christmas pie, and evermore be merry. Now every lad is wondrous trim, and no man minds his labour. Our lasses have provided them a bagpipe and a tabor. Young men and maids, and girls and boys, give life to one another's joys. And you, anon, shall by their noise perceive that they are merry. Rank misers now do sparing shun their halls of music soundeth, and dogs thence with whole shoulders run, so all things aboundeth. <laughs>
the country folk themselves advance, for crowdy muttons come out of France, and Jack shall pipe and Jill shall dance, and all the town be merry. Ned Swatch hath fetched his bands from pawn, and all his best apparel. Brisk Nell hath bought a ruff of lawn with droppings of the barrel. And all those that hardly all the year had bread to eat or rags to wear will have both clothes and dainty fare and all the day be merry. Now poor men to the justices with capons make their errands and if they hap to fail of these they plague them with their warrants. But now they feed them with good cheer and what they want to take in beer for Christmas comes but once a year and then they shall be merry good farmers in the country nurse the poor that else were undone some landlords spend their money worst on lust and pride at London there the roysters they do play drab and dice their land away which may be ours another day and therefore, let's be merry. The client now his suit forbears, the prisoner's heart is eased. The debtor drinks away his cares, and for the time is pleased. Though other purses may be fat, why should we pine or grieve at that? Hang sorrow, care will kill a cat, and therefore let's be merry. Hark how the wags abroad do call, each other forth to rambling, anon you'll see them in the hall for nuts and apples scrambling. Hark how the roofs with laughter's sound, anon they'll think the house goes round, for they the cellar's depths have found, and there they will be merry. The wenches with their wassail bowls about the streets are singing, the boys are come to catch the owls, the wild mare in is bringing. Our kitchen boy hath broke his box, and to the dealing of the ox, our honest neighbours come by flocks, and here they will be merry. Now kings and queens poor sheepcoats have, and mate with everybody. The honest now may play the knave, and wise men play at noddy. Some youths will now a mumming go, and others play at roll and hoe, and twenty other game boys mow. Because they will be merry. Then wherefore in these merry days Should we, I pray, be duller? No, let us sing some roundelays To make our mirth the fuller. And whilst we thus inspired sing Let all the streets with echoes ring Woods and hills and everything Bear witness we are merry. Sly Santa Claus by Mrs. C. S. Stone All the house was asleep and the fire burning low when from far up the chimney came down a ho 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 and a little round man with a terrible scratching, dropped into the room 
with a wink that was catching. Yes, down he came bumping and thumping and jumping and picking himself up without a sign of a bruise. Ho, 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 he kept on as if bursting with cheer. Good children, happy children, glad children, see here, I've brought you fine dolls and happy trumpets and rings, Noah's arks and bright skates and a host of good things. I've brought a whole sackful, a packful, a hackful. Come hither, come hither, come hither and choose. Ho, ho, what is this? Why, they're all asleep, but their stockings are up and my presents will keep. So in with the candies, the books and the toys, all the goodies I have for the good girls and boys. I'll ram them and jam them and slam them and cram them. All the stockings will hold while the tired youngsters snooze. All the while his round shoulders kept ducking and ducking and his little fat fingers kept tucking and tucking until every stocking bulged out on the wall as if it were bursting and ready to fall. And then, all at once, with a whisk and a whistle, and twisting himself like a tough bit of gristle, he bounced up again like the down of a thistle, and nothing was left but the prints of his shoes. Christmas Conversion by Jean Blewett I can see her in the kitchen, apron on and sleeves rolled up, measuring spices in a teaspoon, figs and raisins in a cup. Now she's throwing apple quarters in that wooden bowl of hers, long with lemon peel and orange, and she stirs and stirs and stirs. Then she takes her knife and chops it, Chops so fast her hand just flies. Now I know what Ma is up to, making mincemeat for the pies. I smell Christmas in our kitchen, and my heart gets big and glad, and I somehow fall to wishing that I wasn't quite so bad. And I tell myself I'll never cheat at marbles anymore, nor make faces at my teacher, nor hang round the corner store. Instead of going on my errands, Never touch the cookie pail, nor play hooky and go skating, nor tie cans on Rover's tail. Never let Ma think it's spellings when it's only Robin Hood, when the gladness comes the wishing to be oh, just awful good. About this time of year it takes me, Pa, he doesn't understand, always says, you sly young codger, you know Christmas is at hand. But it isn't that, it's something... Can't explain it very well. Takes me when Ma fills the kitchen with this juicy Christmas smell. When she chops the spice and raisins with the peels and northern spies. Sleeves rolled up above her elbows, making mincemeat for the pies. To an Old Fogey by Owen Seaman 
oh frankly bald and obviously stout, and so you find that Christmas as a fate, dispassionately feud, is getting out of date. The studied feastal air is overdone, the humour of it grows a little thin. You fail, in fact, to gather where the fun comes in. Visions of very heavy meals arise that tend to make your organism shiver. Roast beef that irks and pies that agonise the liver. Those pies at which you annually wince, hearing the tale how happy months will follow, proportioned to the total mass of mince you swallow. Visions of youth whose reverence is scant, who with the brutal verve of boyhood's prime insist of being taken to the pantomime. Of infants sitting up extremely late who run you on toboggans down the stair or make you fetch a rug and simulate a bear. This takes your faultless trousers at the knees, the other hunts them rather more behind, and both affect a fracture in your ease of mind. My good dyspeptic, this will never do, your weary withers must sadly be wrung, yet once I well believe that even you were young. Time was when you devoured like other boys, plum pudding sequent on a turkey hen, with cracker mottos hinting of the joys of men. Time was when mid the maidens you would pull the fiery raisin with profound delight, when sprigs of mistletoe seemed beautiful and right. Old Christmas changes not long, long ago, he won the treasure of eternal youth. Yours is the dotage, if you want to know the truth. Come now, I'll cure your case and ask no fee. Make others' happiness this once your own. All else may pass, that joy can never be outgrown. The Knighting of the Sirloin of Beef by Charles II By an anonymous author The second Charles of England rode forth one Christmas tide To hunt a gallant stag of ten of Chingford Woods the pride The winds blew keen, the snow fell fast and made for earth a pall as tired steeds and wearied men returned to Friday Hall. The blazing logs piled on the dogs were pleasant to behold, and grateful was the steaming feast to hungry men and cold. With right good will all took their fill, and soon each found relief, whilst Charles his royal trencher piled from one huge loin of beef. Quoth Charles, Odds fish, a noble dish, Aye, noble made by me. By kingly right I dub thee knight, Sir Loin henceforward be.
and never was a royal jest received with such acclaim, and never knight than good Sir Loin more worthy of the name. Twas the Night Before Christmas by Clement Clark Moore. Twas the night before Christmas when all through the house not a creature was stirring, not even a mouse. The stockings were hung by the chimney with care in hopes that St. Nicholas soon would be there. The children were nestled all snug in their beds while visions of sugar plums danced in their heads. And Mama in her kerchief and I in my cap had just settled down for a long winter's nap. When out on the lawn there arose such a clatter, I sprang from the bed to see what was the matter. Away to the window I flew like a flash, tore open the shutters and threw up the sash. The moon on the breast of the new-fallen snow gave the lustre of midday to objects below, when what to my wandering eyes should appear but a miniature sleigh and eight tiny reindeer. With a little old driver, so lively and quick, I knew in a moment it must be St. Nick. More rapid than eagles, his courses they came, and he whistled and shouted and called them by name. Now Dasher, now Dancer, now Prancer and Vixen, on Comet, on Cupid, on Donner and Blitzen, to the top of the porch, to the top of the wall. Now dash away, dash away, dash away all. As dry leaves that before the wild hurricane fly, when they meet with an obstacle, mount to the sky. So up to the house top the courses they flew, with a sleigh full of toys, and St. Nicholas too. And then, in a twinkling, I heard on the roof the prancing and pawing of each little hoof as I drew in my hand and was turning around, down the chimney St. Nicholas came with a bound. He was dressed all in fur from his head to his foot, and his clothes were all tarnished with ashes and soot. A bundle of toys he had flung on his back, and he looked like a peddler just opening his pack. His eyes, how they twinkled, his dimples, how merry, his cheeks were like roses, his nose like a cherry, his droll little mouth was drawn up like a bow, and the beard of his chin was as white as the snow. The stump of a pipe he held tight in his teeth, and the smoke of it encircled his head like a wreath. He had a broad face and a little round belly that shook when he laughed like a bowl full of jelly. He was chubby and plump, a right jolly old elf, and I laughed when I saw him, in spite of myself. A wink in his eye and a twist of his head soon gave me to know I had nothing to dread. He spoke not a word, but went straight to his work and filled all the stockings, then turned with a jerk, and laying his finger aside of his nose and giving a nod, up the chimney he rose. He sprang to his sleigh, to his team gave a whistle, and away they all flew like the down of a thistle. But I heard him exclaim as he drove out of sight, Happy Christmas to all, and to all 
a good night. A little mouse that built itself a house in a Christmas cake by an anonymous author. A pretty story I will tell of Nib, a little mouse, who took delight when none were near to skip about the house. Her little nose could sniff and smell where all good things were kept, and in the pantry well she knew that Mistress Kitty slept. But notwithstanding, in she crept, and on the shelf she found a Christmas cake, the top of which was by a castle crowned. The subject of the present cake was Windsor's mighty walls, with turrets, windows, standard to, and entrance to the halls. Why, here within such walls as these, thought Mousy, I could dwell, and should the cat lay siege to them, defend myself right well. So with her little teeth which served for pickaxe and for spade, she gnawed right through the gothic door, and thus an entrance made. Then climbed the turret which she chose her residence to make, and thought to leave it now and then, and feast upon the cake. All this occurred on Christmas Eve, and next came Christmas Day. And then some little folks arrived to eat and drink and play. Right merry are the little folks, and what a noise they make when Windsor Castle they behold displayed upon the cake. The turrets and the walls they view, the cannon too admire, the soldiers ready to present, then pop, pop to fire. On this, when they had long enough, all exercised their wit, they scrutinised the cake and wished to taste a bit of it. Each guest prepared, the knife was raised, some slices to begin, when lo, with wonder, all exclaimed, I hear a noise within. Poor Mousy, when she saw the knife, at once expressed her fear, by squeaking out with all her might, which every one could hear. Then John, as he the turret viewed, with consternation cried, There's something, I'm sure, alive and moving too inside. All now were hushed, and knew not what all this could be about, while Mouse, in fright, forgot her tail, which at the top popped out. Why, here's some trick, the lady cried, I'll knock the turret down. Mousy, in terror, gave a leap and ran along her gown. Oh, screamed the lady, what's this? On each side was dismay, which Mousy took advantage of by scampering away. Their fright all over, loud laughs ensued from all within the house. To think that so much fear should be caused by a little mouse. The children hunted for this mouse, but she was not adult. To wait till she was caught, but made right through a hole a bolt. The party then began to dance, and singing next ensued, and then came supper with its cakes, and very best home-brewed.
The Bells by Edgar Allan Poe Hear the sledges with the bells, silver bells. What a world of merriment their melody foretells. How they tinkle, tinkle, tinkle in the icy air of night, while the stars that oversprinkle all the heavens seem to twinkle with a crystalline delight, keeping time, time, time in a sort of runic rhyme to the tintinnabulation that so musically wells from the bells, 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 from the jingling and the tinkling of the bells. Hear the mellow wedding bells, golden bells, what a world of happiness their harmony foretells, through the balmy air of night, how they ring out their delight, from the molten golden notes, and in a tune, what a liquid ditty floats, to the turtle dove that listens while she gloats on the moon. Oh, from out the sounding cells, what a gush of euphony voluminously wells, how it swells, how it dwells, on the future how it tells, of the rapture that impels to the swinging and the ringing of the bells, 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 of the bells, 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 to the rhyming and the chiming of the bells. Hear the loud alarum bells, brazen bells, what a tale of terror now their turbulency tells, in the startled ear of night, how they scream out their affright, too much horrified to speak, they can only shriek, shriek, out of tune, in a clamorous appealing to the mercy of the fire, in a mad expostulation with the deaf and frantic fire, leaping higher, 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 with a desperate desire, and a resolute endeavour, now, now to sit or never, by the side of the pale-faced moon, oh, the bells, 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 what a tale their terror tells, of despair, how they clang and clash and roar, what a horror they outpour, on the bosom of the palpitating air, yet the ear it fully knows, by the twanging and the clanging, how the danger ebbs and flows, yet the ear distinctly tells, in the jangling and the wrangling, how the danger sinks and swells, by the sinking or the swelling, in the anger of the bells, of the bells, of the bells, of the bells, 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 in the clamour and the clangour of the bells. Hear the tolling of the bells, iron bells, what a world of solemn thought their monody compels, in the silence of the night, how we shiver with affright, at the melancholy menace of their tone, for every sound that floats from the rust within their throats is a groan, and the people are the people, they that dwell up in the steeple, all alone, and who, tolling, 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 in that muffled monotone, feel a glory in so rolling on the human heart of stone, 
They are neither man nor woman. They are neither brute nor human. They are ghouls. And their king it is who tolls. And he rolls, 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 rolls. A paean from the bells. And his merry bosom swells with the paean of the bells. And he dances and he yells, keeping time, 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 in a sort of runic rhyme to the paean of the bells. Of the bells, keeping time, 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 in a sort of runic rhyme to the throbbing of the bells. Of the bells, 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 to the sobbing of the bells, keeping time, 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 as he knells, 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 in a happy runic rhyme to the rolling of the bells, of the bells, 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 to the tolling of the bells, of the bells, 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 to the moaning and the groaning of the bells. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.